welcome to the LHC. LHC, it's the new word for a new kind of NOS that we can use in our f five computer equipped supercars that can drive stuff. We're talking about the first two Fast and Furious movies. Hey, Hugh. Hey. <laughs> so I, we apparently both completely independently saw the first two Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, I watched one on Friday and one on Saturday, and this is now Sunday, mm -hmm. so I've watched them. I watched both on Saturday because I'm doing another in yeah. my own separate podcast. I'm doing a bit. I'm doing a side bit which we call "By an Inch or a Mile," where we talk about um, the Fast and the Furious movies, uh, particularly calling attention to how it starts with Point Break with cars trying to uh, find out who's stealing about a couple of million dollars worth of DVDs and digital cameras all the way to Hobbs and Shaw where they're fighting a genetically enhanced cyborg man, <laughs> cyborg man. and it's oh. like oh so amazing and so ridiculous so that was kind of the point with that but because you happen to have seen it as well why not turn that into another episode for the LHC so here we are yeah so you haven't. You hadn't ever seen any of the Fast and Furious movies, had you? No, no, I had. I'd seen one and two before, so I've actually only now got up to the point that I had got to before. I'd never seen Beyond Two. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw one, I think, when it first came out, and then I saw it again in French when I was on a French exchange. Oh, cool! Uh, because I was at a party, and they thought, "Let's not screw over the English person by putting on a film that requires any knowledge of language." So they put on the Fast and the Furious because they looked at their film collection and thought, which of these needs the least amount of understanding of the plot for you to watch it? <laughs> I mean, say that so, there, yeah, isn't, there isn't a shed load of um, action in the in the first one, really. No, no. Also, I do feel like maybe I'm going to be on my deathbed and go, do you know, I've seen the Fast and the Furious three times. Mm -hmm. Oh, if only I'd used that time for something more useful. <laughs> No, the first. I think the first Fast and the Furious is all right. Um, I don't know. I think. Okay, so do you know what actually inspired me is I watched the show Hyperdrive on Netflix, which is essentially if you've watched the show Beastmaster, it's that with cars. Mm. It's essentially an obstacle course with drifting in cars at high speeds, and uh, that inspired my wife to go. Why haven't we ever watched the Fast and the Furious films? And this is why we've now started watching them. Woo. Um, what? I was just saying, woo, good on you. <laughs> oh, woo, I thought you said, whoa, like you wanted me to slow down. <laughs> I'm like, we can't slow down. We've got to, you know, beat this guy for this. <laughs> but, um, okay, so there were several things that kind of... The thing about Point Break, as you say, it's Point... So we're just just skipping right ahead to the ending of this. Point Break with Cars is sort of, as you said, it's what people think of as the first film. Mm -hmm. So Point Break is, I'm going to infiltrate these surfer dudes because I'm going to find out what crime they're doing, which is bank robbery as far as I remember. Mm. And then I'm going to like them, and then I'm not going to be willing to shoot them. When it comes but to taking them I'm, down, yeah. When it comes to taking them down, you know. But he still does end up getting them arrested in the end. Yes, he does, in, he in that one he does end up getting through. arrested. So... I do think, right, do you know what I really enjoyed about the first film? Is I enjoy the fact that uh, Paul Walker is playing Brian O'Connor, possibly the most useless man in this film. He is quite useless, isn't he? Because, okay, so firstly, when the film opens, he spent, I think, three weeks or maybe four 
having lunch in the diner owned by Torelli as a front mm. every day and like flirting with his sister. Uh, Torelli's sister mm. as the waitress every day for like three weeks and he's got nowhere. And the FBI and his handlers at the police are basically saying, you've been doing this a while and you have nothing to show for it. <laughs> um, so finally, he manages to get into a fight with Torelli's crew and really Well, this is the thing. We don't know that he's them. police at that point in the movie. We don't know no, he's no, no, police we don't, for quite I'm a saying, while. I'm saying with the, poli- with, with the quality of hindsight, we look at, I just want to look at how well he does in any of his endeavours in this film. Right, because he doesn't really do very well with infiltrating them because by the time he actually gets noticed by them, it's to have a big fight with um, one of the, the the angry member of the crew. Vincent. is Yeah, Vincent, the, the misogynist who believes that he owns women. Mm. You know, that one. But yeah, just shorthand for horrible person. Um, and then we go to when, to try and prove himself, Brian goes to one of the street races that evening and... At which point he goes, hey, yeah, it's a two grand buy-in. Oh, yeah, yeah, two grand buy-in. Instead of doing that, I will offer up the pink slip for my car. As in, if you win, you will get my car. Not two grand. And they go, ooh, but is your car worth two grand? Yes, yes, it is. Look at it. They even open up the bloody engine and go, isn't that one part worth ten grand? Mm -hmm. It's a stupid decision. It's really nonsensical as well. Like, the idea that he's going to turn up and does this. And then he's like, okay, yeah. And that would sort of make sense if he wins and therefore earns the respect of the gang. But he doesn't. He races. At one point, he gets slightly ahead into first. And then he spins out. No, he doesn't. He spins following... out after the end. He loses because Toretto also does the NOS and just immediately overtakes him. Because he relies too he much on like... computers, man. Like... <laughs> But the thing is, he loses and therefore, you know, loses his car. But before then, we also saw him, like, spin out earlier on the road. So it's established with that and the second one, he's not that good. And actually, if you watch the whole film, I was waiting for at some point for him to be good at driving. And he isn't at any point during this entire film. The the closest he gets is when he's trying to get away from the police at the end of the first street That's race. That's a bit where he's when he picks actually up good Torelli. at driving for a bit. Yeah, well, it's because there's not that many he's action not really, sequences though. in this. No, but and all, all of the racing is done but, as a um, straight line race. Yeah, so, yeah, virtually all of it is just whether or not you're good at gear changing and pressing the button for your NOS. Mm. Nothing is about cornering or drifting or turning in any way. It's just, can you go from A to B in the shortest possible time? Which is the least interesting form of racing. Well, no, the point is not necessarily how the race happens. Like, it's about the cars and how the the cars are tuned up to go a quarter mile in, say, under 10 seconds. That's why he says, you know, this is a 10-second car. Or he says, you owe me a a 10-second car. So it's a bit more about... That's the reason why I think it the first film had that initial allure is because it's more about the uh, the social order, the grouping. My, one might even say the family <laughs> that comes <laughs> from these sorts of things. We were kind of shocked think... when we were watching it with my friend that the first person to talk about family and about found family was actually the his immediate superior in the police. Yeah. 
The no, the thing is, it's not really a theme of the first one that much. No, no, no. It's, the... it's only much later. But yeah, there were a lot of things that... re- they retconned that that was the theme of the entire oh, series. Oh, they retcon a lot, right? Okay, so you know the no, no. I don't want any spoilers for the future. Okay, I'm, oh no, no, no. This is, I'm not spoiling it. I'm t- talking about the first movie. So you know how yeah. when they go to the big race get meet, which by the way is called what Hugh? I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Do you know what? It will never be not funny. Oh. Ever. Oh, you think that's it not funny never now? Not be funny. Let me tell you something. Race Wars comes back. <laughs> Race Wars comes back, and it's retconned to be like um, uh, Tre- uh, Trejo and uh, Robert Ro- uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character's personal thing that they created, and Don is like a god. <laughs> But this is the thing. I'm sorry. It's called Race Wars. Do you want to go into the desert and do Race Wars? Oh, I won that Race War last year. So I've got to go back and do another Race War (laughs) this year. And I might win the Race War this year in the desert in LA. But this is the thing. It gets retconned like... Uh, one one of the slightly uh, shaky characters, technically a bad guy character, punches Don. uh, Or gets into a fight with Don because he calls him a narc and then Don punches him. Um... In, in this and like security pulls them apart but I was like oh dude if this was in a later movie just calling Don a narc the crowd would literally come to life and just tear that person <laughs> apart there's a bit the of thing it. is also you keep calling him Dom and he's never called he's Torelli in this film I only know him as Torelli because yeah, I've only seen Trelli. the first two films no, no, I know that, but you keep calling him Dom because you've sorry. seen later Fast and Furious films. Yeah. But I only know him as Torello because that's all he's... Toretto. In all fairness... He's all he's caused in the first film. I, we, and he's not in the second. It's really hard when we were doing all the other podcasts to not just call them by their actors' names. Because... What, Vin Diesel? Yeah, it's hard no. not to call it Vin Diesel because it, Fast and Furious has become such a Vin Diesel feel-good thing. Especially this one. It's hard not to call it Walker because Walker really sort of like came into his own as like well this is his only role that anyone knows him forever isn't yeah it? but he's done a lot of other stuff he's kind of fun i don't have it up at the moment but mm. yeah he's still a good bird um and you know, we we also though we had this thing like not to belittle what happened to him or anything but i just kept getting so uncomfortable because I, I i mentioned to my wife like this you know the main character he died in a car accident very recently very recently, having as far as I'm, wasn't he like really speeding or something? Uh, I forget exactly what he was doing, but yeah, he was driving on a. He was driving when it happened. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it uh, just very quickly. Uh, and he was. Uh, we watched the original. Uh, we watched not the original DVD, but we watched a, a DVD version of it because it was the only one my friend had, and it has like an opening where Walker comes out and says, hey, the car stunts in Fast and the Furious were done in controlled environments by professionals. Don't try this at home. I was like, ooh. I know. Yeah, and just just according to the Wikipedia, basically he was doing uh, 80 to 93 miles an hour on a 45 mile an hour speed zone Okay. Um, when he crashed straight into a concrete wall oh. and died from trauma. Oh. And I was there, like, I, this is the thing. I said to my wife, like, you know he died because he was speeding and he smashed into a wall. And that just makes it really uncomfortable because there's even, like, a scene in this film where he's like, you know, I only feel free when I'm driving really fast. You know, it's the adrenaline. I don't think I could ever give it up. And then Toretto's response is, death rather than prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, there's so many times in this film where I just felt really uncomfortable knowing how the actor actually did die. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a bit too much. But no, 
Race Wars is still funny. Race War is always going to be funny. Well, get but the thing for a about, bit of it then. <laughs> well, the thing about Race Wars is also... Um, so the whole thing in the beginning is like, we do arrange these illegal street races by, you know, we, we block off this road, we then listen to the cops to make sure they're off somewhere else with a homicide or something like that. But Race Wars clearly has organisation, like... They've got their own security. They've clearly... Re- I mean, if this was a thing that was illegal, it wouldn't be difficult at all for the police to actually arrest everyone there. Well, yeah, but I don't there's think, both, the, I don't think the actual there's, there's organized thing everything. in the desert so, no, is illegal. Race war, That's legal. No, no, it isn't. But the thing is, right before this, like, they're in this bar uh, or a cafe, and uh, because Brian's been told, hey, find out you now. have no time whatsoever... You better find out today. He says to, you know, Toretto, well, you better get me involved in what the thing you do that is illegal is. And he goes, huh, we'll talk after race wars. What's this? This is the directions to race war. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then he goes to race wars and they just wave him through security. And then there's like, you know, fat kids doing dances with glow sticks. And I went, this isn't hidden. Yeah. This isn't like an invite only super secret dance of cars. This is an actual bloody event in the middle of the desert. Yeah, because it's a social event. Sponsorship like and you other said, things. The big thing about the early Fast and Furious is this. It was inspired by an article written about this LA subculture about illegal street racing in LA. It doesn't mean that they could. It doesn't mean that they can't organise quasi legal no, stuff. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the fact that. You, as the undercover cop infiltrating the oh, yeah, scene, don't know who's meant get to, to be. Race war. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, I thought and those you're were undercover in else. one of the best fucking. You're you're working in a shop as your cover, which is providing the parts to virtually every street racer in the area. Mm. And you, as a man who works in this shop, does not know where race wars is or what it is. You need the directions from some guy. This is ridiculous. Ah. Mm. And, but yeah, it's, it's, it's things like that. The fact that Brian Walker needs the direct, not Brian Walker, Brian O'Connor needs the directions of Toretto to get to Race Wars to participate, even though it's going to be a very well known thing amongst that entire community where it is, when it is, and what, what it is. Um, the fact that he goes in and instead of betting his two grand stake, he puts in a car that's got to be worth, what, 40k as an absolute minimum. Mm. And it, probably more likely a hundred and something K and all of that sort of stuff. And then if you actually look at his track record as a cop, obviously I know he gets fired, you know, between films, but as a cop, like, firstly, he doesn't do his actual job. Like, he does find out that they're the ones, but then he gets, um, when he comes back to see Toretto and he's going to arrest him and like Tran turns up, this is the, the villain mm. and shoots one of, Toretto's men. Mm. Um, he then chases him. At no point does he announce that he's a police officer he to should, Tran yeah. or Tran's cousin or brother. And then he proceeds to shoot, shoot Tran mm. and crash him into a wall and kill him. That isn't just like wrongful shooting as a police officer. That's full on murder. You did not announce you're a police officer. As far as Tran knew, you're just some guy chasing him down with a gun. Ah, uh, well, you know? I mean, he, he, no, he just, he reasonably assumes that Tran had, you know, what is going to attack him. It's totally okay. He's sure Tran fire a gun before, so it's fine. It's like <laughs> He stood his ground. He stood his ground while on that motorcycle. Hey, I mean, let's not forget, Studio Ground is for civilians. For American cops, they just need to have reasonable worry that they're in danger. 
and they can shoot somebody. No, no, I, I'm, I'm just joking around. Though. It does, I agree with tram. you. It doesn't make sense. I'm just joking around because of like the ridiculous. No, no, no. I, that's the thing, though. I do completely cop. agree, though, that if he had announced he was a cop, he had every right to shoot Tran because Tran is oh. just shot someone in front of him and has like an Uzi or some sort of submachine with gun, seemingly infinite bullets. Yes, exactly. So it is entirely within his right as a police officer pursuing a suspect who has literally murdered someone in front of mm. him. He's in hot pursuit. He has every right to shoot at Tran, except only when he announces he's a cop. So he doesn't announce he's a cop, therefore it's just kind of murder. I'd say so. Yeah. You know? But there's a lot and of stuff like that. And then by the like end that, of it... I mean, if you're talking about, oh god, this, it's kind of slightly illegal stuff happening here in this illegal street racing film. I've got a word. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, and then he gets to the point where like he's chased down Dominic, and he's like raced him, and then finally... Dominic's car is destroyed and they get out and he's like, no, take my car and go. It's a case of, okay, I kind of get that you're doing the whole point break thing and da 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 da, but Dominic hasn't done anything to like be cool with you. Mm. He's still just the guy who's been like stealing DVD players from trucks. Well, no, because he's spent all this time with him. He's like, he's formed a bond and there's this whole race where they acknowledge each other as equals and they both jump the train as equals and it's like, ooh. Yeah, Dominic's finally do, like, they... able to use his father's muscle car. It's like, it's just, it is an action movie. It's not that important, but I do think there is a nice sense of connection in that race that they do right at the end. And mm. I do like the no, ending where he's like, yeah. here, have the keys. Take, I owe you a 10 second car, right? And then you can drive away. Mm. The fact that he owes him a 10 second car, though, like I say, is basically just stupid. If everyone had put a pink slip in for that race, that would be fine. Or if it was the rules of you put your pink slip in and the winner gets the losers. So the person in fourth gives it to the person in first and second and third just don't lose their cars. That also would have made sense. But for him to put up his car for a two grand stake is bloody stupid and only exists so that at the end of the film he can be like you owe me a 10 second car here's the car that's it it's just uh, the thing is i did think it was all right it's not terrible as a film it was actually kind of amusing there's very little actual racing in it yeah there's actually very little there's virtually no racing in it major characters do any of the racing at race wars no michelle rodriguez gets to and then the guy who plays jesse gets to do a bit of it Oh, there's also a little bit of a dissonance between whether the film wants to be misogynist or feminist. Like, there's this whole bit where Letty's there with another guy racing, and the guy's like, hey, you're a woman, you shouldn't be behind the wheel, you should be cheerleading. And she goes, no, no, I'm a good driver. And he goes, well, how about we make a bet? Uh, if I win, I get to fuck you. Ugh. And she's like, no, no, we'll get a bet where if we win, we'll give, give each other exchange money. money. Yeah. We'll give it money, like equals. And he's like, Ugh. and then she wins. And I was like, yeah, that entire scene is basically saying you should be a bit more feminist, you stupid misogynistic underculture. However, like half an hour earlier, yeah. um, Toretto has literally won the and race. He, lifts he, comes her up, out, he, he picks he... Letty up and goes, you're my trophy. I know. How fucked up is you're that? That is such a fucked up sequence. I was like, I literally was like, what the fuck? I know, I know. And it's just this thing of like, you could be progressive or misogynistic, but pick a fucking side. (laughs) Some dissonance here. No, the thing is, right, I I was recently watching um, something, it's the 
the detective agent set in the 20s in Australia and it's Miss Someone's Lady Detective mm-hmm. in the 20s and it's a flapper thing and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, blah, blah. So The thing was, it's sort of bothering me when I'm watching it because it's basically that whole, no, no, it's the 20s but there's a liberal agenda so no one's, you know, we're all going to talk about how being gay is fine and isn't it a shame that we aren't more progressive and all minorities are fine and women are people and da 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 da, da. And I went, okay, yeah, it's one of those... We're pretending that the historical thing is as it should have been, not as it is, mm-hmm. you know. And it's if they'd done that, if they'd done, yeah, street racing, isn't it shitty that it's so misogynistic? But hell, we're going to try and fix that with, you know, this film showing that women can be drivers too and no one should treat them like trophies. Or you can do the Mad Men thing where you're like, hey, you like the 50s, you think it's cool. We want to point out how horrible it is to be anything other than a white straight man in the 50s. Mm-hmm. We're going to really point out how horrible it is to be a woman in the 50s or a minority in the 50s or gay in the 50s. And we're going to be sort of really brutally honest about that period and the prejudices that it existed in it. But this film doesn't do either. It doesn't do pre- look at the prejudice that exists in this community. Isn't that shit? We should probably change it. And it doesn't do, hey, wouldn't it be nice if this thing was you know, progressive and it wasn't as it actually is and we're going to move forward with it and it's nice and liberal and fun. It does this weird mixed ground mm. where sometimes it's nice and liberal and on other times it's as horribly misogynistic as you'd expect. Yeah, it is and a bit not, weird. If it was different characters, it would be fine. Like, if it was, you know, the family are actually pretty progressive and they're not misogynistic and look at them, aren't they the ideal for street racers? And look at this guy, isn't he a misogynist? Because he's the antagonist. But it isn't. It's the same people. Yeah. It's the same characters. Oh, and Mia only exists as motivation for Brian, for Brian O'Connor. Yeah. It's kind of like she doesn't have much presence in that movie, despite despite still being in like a few solid scenes and they talk, but it's kind of like, there's nothing to it. He's got more chemistry with Dom. And even then, it's not that much more chemistry with Dom. Um the only way I get away with that is I say he went there for three weeks to flirt with her every day at lunch. Mm. I assume that the bonding that led to them sleeping together and like him making the decisions and everything that he did happened off screen before the film started because it's the only way it's not kind of stupid. Exactly. Um, it does remind me of the thing like so it's, it, that sort of distance does happen a lot because Fast and the Furious uh, Michelle Rodriguez was like I want to be out of this unless you're going to put more women than just me and one other token person in. So they've started doing yeah. that, so she's still in it. So I th- they have started doing that, but this is also still the series that has slowly perfected the booty cam, where there will always be a party, and there will always be plenty of booty, and there will be a cam on that booty. <laughs> the the camera that just solely exists to look at the ass of this person. We have been slowly following it for the first two movies, and we're like, it's... It, they leer a bit and everything, and it isn't nice, but it hasn't got as bad as it will get, where eventually the booty will fill the entire screen. That's just everything mm. for like, for like minute, for like seconds at a time in certain scenes of later movies. It'll be just all bum. The other thing about this though, so he's like, who, who in this, under- who in the underground street racing is doing the stealing of the DVD players from trucks? Mm. And everyone's like, yeah, well, we don't think it's Toretto because Toretto is not that sort of a guy. Yeah, he's not that kind of guy. He's too, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do that sort of shit, but he definitely knows who it is. So if I get in with him, I'll be able to find out who it is. And then later on, it's just like, so basically, you've got like a small cafe and a garage that you use as kind of a front. Mm. 
and then you race. And who's in the race again? Oh, it's him and the other members of his crew. If you think about that first race, there's like four cars in it. And then there's there's Brian O'Connor, who is the main character, who's infiltrating them. But the other people is Toretto, Letty, and um, the angry dude mm. who... Yeah, that was it. Uh, Vince. They're the three other people. So they're just exchanging two grand to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like if I bet my wife two grand. It's not like the money's moving outside our group. So this can't be where our income comes from. Mm. And surely the IRS could quite easily look up what his garage and cafe ostensibly make. You've had them under watch for like a month. It's going to be really obvious that they're money laundering operations. And you can just kind of go, yeah, no, it's definitely Toretto. So the fact that they pretend that it isn't for like two thirds of the film. And then they do this huge, we're going to go and arrest Johnny Tran. Because Johnny Tran has got to be the guy that's doing it. It's like, no, no, any sort of basic police work, requesting the financial records combined with having his businesses under surveillance results in it's clearly Dom that's doing all of this stuff. Yeah, um, you got to remember, it's like they, they need a reason to. And also they're under like a really severe time restraint or what have you. Like, I think they establish it per- perfectly fine that they've got to like, they've got to deal, get, get results now. Otherwise, all of the... Um, truckers are going to start the truckers will take it arming into themselves and being vigilante which I'm like name an American trucker these days that wouldn't do that immediately it feels like I know look the minute I heard that some guy in my industry who was driving a truck in the area that I drive a truck had these guys like hassle him and then shoot out his windscreen and then come in and trank him and steal all his stuff yeah. I'd have a shotgun on my, you know, yeah, passenger seat. Absolutely. They're all weirded out by the idea. Like, but they, they have go, guns. This is going to be the big one. This is going to be the one we do, and then we're going to retire. It's the last one. And the guy's got a shotgun. And they go, oh, no. They've been doing this for, like, months, apparently. Yeah. And this is the first time someone actually thought to bring a weapon of some sort. And a shotgun's a great idea, because you can still be driving and, you know, have it. Mm. And But, yeah, the minute the guy, like, shoots out your window, comes into the passenger seat... You just shoot him. Mm, exactly. <laughs> and they do. It's good. I liked it. It was it was nice, but uh The thing was, like, during that whole scene when they're trying to rescue Vince, who's the horrible misogynist, yeah. and then they're trying to rescue him and they're trying to keep everyone safe from the psycho with the shotgun. I was on the trucker's side. <laughs> well yeah, they're trying I'm to just steal there, stuff like, from him. <laughs> they're they're literally trying to steal stuff and trank him and like destroy his livelihood as well as ruining his truck and the guy's defending himself with a shotgun i mean i'm not in favor of killing people but i'm on his side i really am during that particular scene Mm. and like torello's like we've got to get him in the car we've got to save him no yeah vince is just fine let him die (laughs) okay he is just horrible what do you think of the second movie i think we spent enough time on the first one because the second one's very different do you think I feel like we should probably talk about the second one in a second episode really? because I think we've we've run quite away. Are you sure we've got twenty minutes left on our thing? There's like not much happens in the second uh, episode. It introduces All right, a fine. few people. We'll stick to the I'm just saying, one, like then. the second one, I don't think like a lot is that impressive because like the second one is a completely different theme and style. Though. Oh yeah, one like, thing we noticed the is second that the soundtrack changes is immediately. Completely dissonant. Yeah, friggin' Limp Biscuit in the film before, and then it changes, and at last we've got like some actual like hip hop in the soundtrack. 
Now, the second film still has Limp Biscuit and also Marilyn Manson from memory. Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, we didn't notice that at all when we checked out one. Because it was just, it felt no, so maybe different I'm wrong. compared to the first one. Uh, let me just click the soundtrack. Uh, Ludicrous, Ludicrous, Trick Daddy. Yeah, Ludicrous, who actually appears uh, in the movie as. Two Chains, Ludicrous, Eight Ball, Chingy. Yeah, who's uh, also in it? Joe Budden, Dead Prez, Gin, Fat oh, no, Joe, Gin Little Flap, Dirtbag, Pitbull, K John, and also Ludicrous. Hmm. Yeah, no, fair enough. Absolutely nobody that I mentioned. So uh, maybe you're right. Maybe it is full on hip hop and R&B yeah. by that point. Hey, they even either talk that or they did use Ludicrous it songs in the well. film. Well, either that or they they did, you know, take the songs that they wanted for that album to be a style. Of well, a no, theme, Ludacris is in it. I might it's be clearly a bit more in it because Ludacris is like oh no, yeah, no, Ludacris is definitely yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, so the thing is, in between the films, I was like, yeah, no bloody shit, he got fired, mm-hmm. and also that he's unlikely to be able to get a decent job. Did you see the little mini? Fe- did you get the mini featurette that shows what happens between the films? No, what it was, was on our DVD. There's a little like 15 minute featurette that's a completely silent film, or maybe less than 15 minutes, like a completely silent short film about how he like gets out of LA before he gets caught, competes in street races across America to get money because they're everywhere, <laughs> loses his car because he has to ditch it um, because the police start getting onto him, uh, then gets a new car. Thanks to someone else who does know he's a criminal, but she she still likes him because he's handsome. And then he uh, like does the old thing of taking like a worn out car on the cheap and then upgrading it with incredibly expensive parts to become his current uh, Nissan Skyline mm. that he uses in the film. And it's to show him as he slowly gets to Miami because he's on the other free inside of the of the country. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a big big deal. Mm. And Dexter's um, dad is there. I know. I love the fact that Dexter's dad is playing a cop in Miami. In Miami. <laughs> so I basically decided that they're the same canonic universe. Yes, in the same universe. Why the hell not? And also, they're exactly the sort of people who Dexter has probably murdered at some point. You know, because they're criminals and street racers. And as long as one of them's committed murder at some point, you know that Dexter will have killed them. Because his dad will have pointed him in that direction. <laughs> Thumbs up. So yeah, I, I just really like the idea that two uh, that the Fast and the Furious films are set in the same universe as the Dexter TV show. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the first thing I notice about this film is that apparently uh, Brian has spent the intervening time actually becoming good at his job. Yeah, now he can actually race quite well now. He can drive quite well. Yes, he can now. Because the thing is, again, the beginning of this film is much like the beginning of the last film in that there's a race, there's four people... Uh, but this time, there's only three people turned up, and they say to the the guy organising it, "Hey, uh, this is Ludicrous, whose name is Tage." Mm. Um, but they say to Ludicrous, "Hey, <coughs> you should race as the fourth. He goes, "No, no, no, but I can get anyone, right? I, I'll bring a fourth. I can get anyone." They go, "Yeah," and he's like, "You sure anyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's a big fucking deal that he's going to ring Brian. He rings Brian. He's like, "Hey, you got to get here in four minutes if you want to race." And I was like, "Oh, okay. So he's going to." You know, screw up his uh, tyres and everything, getting there super fast just before this race anyway. All right, fine. And then it's like, and now, let's... I could use the money. Oh, yeah, now we're going to take them for all they've got. And so then they convince them that it's going to be three and a half grand in each, even though there wasn't any stakes five minutes ago, because you don't want to no, look it was like two, you don't it was have two grand confidence. Before. Was it? Yeah, they said... I didn't he see said no one's, saying, no one's talking about rearranging the stakes, so I get the feeling that it was just lower than three and a half. I didn't think there was any implication that it wasn't. That, I, I, I don't know. Every I didn't hear anything about the stakes before. Every other big race has been but... bet on before, so I don't see why that should be different. 
Yeah, probably. But the thing is, right, so then so then Ludacris is he's acting like... And then they're all like, oh, but then when he turns up, they're sort of fist bumping him and he's either... Like, he's acting like he's a ringer. You know, like, this is a big sort of switch of, oh, no, they've brought in this guy and he's definitely going to win because it's Brian, <laughs> Brian the Bullet. And that's sort of the first time when you think, oh, yeah, maybe that's actually that he's quite good now, apparently. Mm. But this is the thing where it all falls down for me. During the race, Ludacris goes, hey, hey, I've got a way of making this interesting. We've broken into the bridge controls and we've made it a jump. And then, therefore, this race that originally, if you're right, had a six grand payout and has now been bumped up to a 10.5 grand payout for the winner is now going to be a race that requires you to do a jump of quite a lot of damage to the car, Mm. right? One of them destroys the suspension and the tyres. One of them, it ruins the entire front bumper. The reverberations are certainly going to damage your engine. I have no real doubt that the cars are probably going to take more than 10 grand's damage per car for each one of the ones that did that jump, Mm -hmm. right? And then it smashes in, and it's like, yeah, well done, here's your 10 grand to the winner. It's bloody stupid. It's just annoying. It's just... uh, So that annoyed me, because it's just like anybody who participates in a race done by Ludacris who saw that is going to just go, no, I'm never doing a race organised by you again. What is wrong with you? Mm. Like, it's one thing damaging my car if I mess up, but making a requirement of the race that I do more damage than I was going to win is stupid. (laughs) And this is also where our old friend misogyny comes back, because there is a female racer in this race. Yeah, and... um, I don't necessarily think it's a terrible thing that she's driving an entirely pink car. I mean, wrong with it's a little... No, no, there's nothing really wrong with it. But it's a li- it might be a little much at that oh, point. Come but on, then, let, let that's not really the problem. No, 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 I'm fine. No, if they want to, that's fine. But the fact that a man wrote it, I think, is the problem. Oh, uh, right. So, yeah. That's my point. Is It wasn't a choice. Again, I have no problem with the woman driving a pink car that she's chosen. But it's written by the man who's put her in a pink car. I think that's kind of the problem. But anyway, eh. the point is, it's not so much that she drives that. It's that there's two face-offs during this, right? So Brian is going neck and neck with the guy who is barely in it, so I don't know his name. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, you've got the guy who's kind of a dickhead who always plays the Hispanic crime guy slash guy in prison. Mm. Um, I remember him mostly from things such as Prison Break, mm-hmm. uh, where he's the cellmate of the main character. Um, but if you're watching the race, right, the the four cars split into two twos, and when they're showing the second two, you can't even see the first two. So it's obviously one of them is like drastically two or so turns ahead, <laughs> the front two cars, and she's in fourth. She's just in fourth. She's struggling to get into third, and there's no reason you couldn't have had the female driver be actually capable at any point. But she's in the film multiple times and she's treated as if she's sort of a decent professional racer. But they never let her actually win anything or do anything really of value. And I know you said, you know, the actor that played Letty said women have to have a bit more of a presence in these things and a bit more respect. Yeah, it's later. It's not this movie. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not this movie. So, yeah, that was a bit much. And then the the whole thing is I'm well aware that she ends up getting together with Ludacris. Mm. But the fact that the organiser of the race goes up to the one female competitor and just leans in and is like, when are you going to ride my clutch? Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it doesn't feel particularly 
good <laughs> that she's kind of objectified immediately. Yeah. Also, why why is it why is it that everybody who's a woman in these films has to be basically a bikini model, whereas all the men vary in attractiveness? Some of them are fat, some of them are muscled, some of them are handsome, and some of them are all three or just one or two of those things. But all the women have to be bikini models. I think that's something that we've seen in a lot bikinis. of movies, Hugh. <laughs> I know. But yeah, that is I know, that's but still the problem we've me. seen in lots of movie sexism. It's like women are basically allowed to be this small thing. Which is a product for men, and men, meanwhile, are allowed to have their experiences told. It's a long-term problem with like vast chunks of of uh, uh, commercial art. I know, but the thing is, I'm fully aware I'm watching a film from 2003, and there's a lot of the time when you kind of have to sort of wince at a film and go, "Of its time." It doesn't mean it doesn't annoy you. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you there's know? a lot in two that annoyed me. And the it also thing... doesn't mean that it so, isn't worth commenting on. I mean, especially since you have Ava Mendes playing a character that's sort of like there and, and sometimes is like given so little to do and she looks all like cool and in control and then she basically spends her time relaying messages to the other two and getting put yeah. in like damsel and damsel position. And distressed. And until like yeah. the very end, but it's like that's not worth it. <laughs> Also, much like the first film, where Mia just kind of sleeps with him because it's Brian O'Connor and it seems to have reached the point where, you know, you've fallen in love with him. Mm. Like, Eva Mendes' character meets him three times from memory. Mm. She meets him, firstly, to say, okay, we're going to vouch for you and you're going to take these cars, meet me there, and I'll say hey, these are the two races I want to recommend, yeah. right? Yeah. Meets her once then. Second time he meets her is when they, like, turn up to have the plan explained to them the next time. And then they meet her in the club where they're, like, chatting at the bar for maybe five minutes and there's some arm caressing, mm. at which point he grabs her by the th- the bad guy, bad- grabs her by the throat and says, if you ever touch another man, I will kill you. It's like, ugh. Right? And this is now when the fourth time... She turns up in his bedroom like she's early in the morning. There. Yeah, early in the morning, she turns up in his bedroom to say, hey, I found out he plans to kill you at the end of the job and not pay you, so maybe you shouldn't do it. I like the way you phrase that. And then that. kisses like, him on the way out. He'll kill you, and worse, he won't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this thing of... And then she kisses him, and like we're meant to think there's like a real connection when here. When there hasn't been one, As and I then say, it never gets brought up again. And in the first film, I did the hand wave of it was before the film started, he had three weeks to flirt with her at the bar. But in this one, you've literally got like three meetings and then the fourth one is her putting her life at risk to save him and kiss him and then it's just, yeah, apparently now they're totally in love for some reason. Why? I don't get it. It's just silly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was also stupid. But uh, this was exactly the sort of film that my wife was expecting. She was very confused by the first film because she was expecting, you know, lots of cars, lots of racing, lots of drifts and completely stupid nonsense. And the first film doesn't really do that. It does the stupid, but it doesn't ever really do much of the cars or the racing or the interesting stuff. Mm. Whereas this one, there is quite a lot of that. Oh, also, um, a guy full on gets crushed by yeah, a lorry. a guy gets crushed to death. In, in like one of the first things. And no one comments on it. Nope. No one cares. Never gets brought up. Nope. None of the cops go, hey, you know how, as part of that mission, 
you know, you were driving and then there was that guy crushed by a lorry. Yeah, no one mentions that. It's just not going to be brought up. Yeah. But it's fucked up. Uh, also, that guy dies in a really stupid way, right? Because he's driving and he's trying to stay between these two lorries and he accidentally drifts too far over to the side and he hits the wheels of one. This is the back wheels. And he bounces off that and hits the back wheels of the other one. He's losing control of the vehicle. He's losing control of the vehicle. At which point he ends up under the wheels, mm. right? Which means he's accelerated. Because he has to have then been going faster than them to go to the middle of the truck to then go left and under the truck to have it crush him, right? This um... Whereas these trucks are going pretty fast. If he just let off the accelerator, he'd have been behind the trucks. That's just odd. Why is it that when you're losing control of the vehicle and you're trying to go as fast as right, you're trying to go as fast as possible, but then you're losing control of the vehicle, so apparently now your speed goes up. I get the feeling, now that you've explained that to me, Hugh, that this movie called Too Fast, Too Furious does not take, you know, proper account to how cars behave on the road. Or physics. Oh, oh, do you not want to know the physics problem? Do you mean right? the one where he First... goes into reverse driving? Uh, no, when does that happen? The bit where he spins around and switches and reverse drives well, well, without stopping. Okay, yeah, that's a bit much. No, you can do you that. Can do you that, can do yeah, that, from what I understand. But... Yeah. No, no, what I was saying was... Um, okay, so you're the physics person. You're the physicist here out of the two Ugh. of us. So correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, don't say it. Don't make that noise. You are out of the two of us. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the first race, there's a ramp. This ramp is not moving. Two cars hit the ramp and one of them ends up higher than the other one immediately. That's not physically possible. Because actually, when you hit the ramp at speed, you go forward and up at the same trajectory you left. And the faster you're going, the longer it is before you're starting to go down and sink. But you don't end up two cars Higher than the car directly yeah. in front of you. You're talking about the early one. Yeah, that, that doesn't follow any rules that I know. That doesn't make any sense. No, that is not physics-wise possible. Yeah. It's just silly. And then, another one. In the very last bit, the guy is getting away on a boat. And they're they like, no, the if we chase him on a boat... Yeah. If we chase him on a boat or we chase him in the air, he's not gonna... He's gonna shoot at us or something. What we're gonna do is we're gonna drive this car and then get a ramp and then basically land... Perfectly on this boat. It fucking homes in, does that car. <laughs> and also, what happens at right? So then there's the man takes her downstairs, and then the car lands on the thing, knocks the gun out of the bad guy's hand. At which point, like, she comes up and picks up the gun, and no one mentions what happened to the guy downstairs. I mean, I know you could just say, well, he beat her up. So she beat him up mm-hmm. and got away. But it's still weird that she just walked up. It's just. There's not really any coherency or consistency to this. Well, yeah, no, it's a, it's a but, weird moment. I agree. The yeah. whole thing with how they deal with him is weird as well, because he's just like, oh, no, he's coming at us with a gun. Wait, we've got a gun. Use the gun. And they shoot him once. Yeah. And then he's still and they alive. they shoot him once in the shoulder. And he's like, I'm going to come and get out. And the way they treat it, it's like the end of a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't end like a movie. Okay, so the other one about that is, at the end... Um, so, so at some point they've had six bags of money, three in each car, right? And they're driving and Brian goes directly to the guy and drops off the money. Mm. Whereas Roman, his partner, goes to their friend and drops and and, and actually drives to him and then is on the phone to Brian, Mm. right? At which point he has got the money 
with the guy. He could literally... He knows he's not going to not keep the money. And it would take all of three seconds to pick the bags out of the boot and give them to the guy to look after for you and then drive back to help out Brian. But he doesn't. For some reason, he leaves the bags in the car. Mm -hmm. Then it gets to the point where at the end of it all, they're handing the bags over to the police and the police come over and go, so there were just three bags, right? And he goes, yeah, there's just three bags. And the police walk away. And then Roman goes, nah, that ain't me. There's three other bags. And the guy's already said, yeah, it's fine. I'll hold up my end. I'll wipe your records clean. It's not going to be a problem. There's three bags. Fine, I believe you. And he brings these other three bags over. Actually, six bags. He's like, actually, there were six bags. And, and the police go, cool, it's good that you've done that. But there's no, like, dude, why didn't you mention the other three bags earlier? And there's no, hey, we weren't going to give you your actual agreement because those bags are missing. I guess I better hand them in because otherwise we're not going to get our whole, our benefit, uh, right? Um, there's no real reason why Roman does that. And then they walk away. And he's still and then stolen he's like, some hey, stuff. You've stolen loads of stuff out of the bags. It's like, if you're going to steal, why didn't you do it? Before, when you were all the way over there, why did you drive the money back to help out? It doesn't make any sense. It's like really weird. And also, Roman's a kleptomaniac for no freaking reason whatsoever. In all fairness, Roman changes, thankfully. Because what they do is... Because the whole point of this second movie is Roman and uh, Brian are like old best friends, right? And he still yeah. gets brought in by Brian, but in the later movies, it's it's uh, instead focused... Oh no, it's Brian and Dom who are like the best friends. And between Roman, Roman's best friend is Tej. <laughs> so you have the constant play yeah, of Roman who he and got Tej. introduced to in this film. Mm. So it's... Yeah. But this is the other thing is... So Roman is a nonsense human being, right? Mm-hmm. Because Roman basically says... At the very beginning, they're like, hey, why is this guy got a beef with you? Well, you know, there's this thing in the past. And he comes up and he, like, punches him. And he's like, ah, oh, I'm so angry at you. You betrayed me, blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, like, well, you think, oh, oh, what's this? You became a cop and then ta- and then Roman did something illegal and you had to arrest him and then that did a thing. Or, oh, and then you were a cop and, and maybe you had the chance to maybe let him get away with something or get him off a lightly sentence or help him out in some way and you didn't. Oh no. But what you actually find out in the end, what actually happened? What is the source of this drudge? Well, Roman did something illegal. And he got put in prison for it. Roman got caught doing something illegal. Not by Brian. (laughs) Roman got put in prison for doing the illegal thing. Again, Brian didn't even know about any of this. It wasn't in his precinct or his varying any control whatsoever. But Roman did an illegal thing, got arrested and went to prison, and Brian was a cop. Because, you know, that makes so much sense. Because, you know, once I stole from work and then I was fired by the HR manager and now I hate my wife who works in HR. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's kind of... What? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's the one thing again. No. Comparing it to the previous movie, like the the whole thing of p- them getting closer and then getting apart and then respecting each other, like works emotionally well within the movie and is the core of the whole film. Whereas in this second one, like it's just like this side thing and it doesn't really even make any sense. And neither one really yeah. improves. It's Brian's not me- ever wrong. It it's just that. Um, it's just that the other character, Roman, it's just that Roman is uh, wrong and he Irrational. just needs to work out and realise, oh, wait, I was wrong. 
Yeah, but also it's just it's just this thing of like, so you were best friends, yeah. And then he said to you, I'm gonna become a cop, and you went, Yeah. And then he went to police academy, yeah. And then you knew he was a cop for a substantial amount of time, yeah. And then you did a crime, yeah. And then you got caught, yeah. And then you blamed him. Mm. What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. How does that? The, the second one track. is in is any way, it's so probably stupid. the worst movie out of all of them. Yeah. Well, okay. So, just just while we're on things that don't make any sense as mm. well, there is a bit where they've got two cars with GPSs in them, and they don't want the GPSs to be enabled so they can be mm. followed because they don't want the guy right so they they plan to not hold up their end of the bargain they plan to steal the money and escape the police and not do anything about it because they don't want to get shot and blah 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 but then it turns out Ava Mendez is in trouble so Brian goes no no I kind of wanted to sleep with her it's totally worth me sacrificing myself I'll do that right and that's all sort of fair enough it fits his character blah 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 but the thing about that is um their plan revolves around them having to switch from the cars with GPSs to cars without GPSs, yep. right? And they get told, okay, so you're going to have a window because we've bought the cops off for a window of 15 minutes. You put the bags in the car, you'll drive the cars to me, and you'll be done. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, problem one, if that went to plan, at what point do they switch cars? Because at that point, um, what excuse do you have for saying to the guys who are in the car with you, hey, we're the bodyguards of the bad guy, we want you to go and drop off the money, and you're like, no, 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 let me just switch to these other cars for no reason that we can understand. Wait, what do you mean for no reason? I mean, They're maybe... being pursued by the police. No, 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 no. The original plan is that the police have been paid off and that they won't get involved. Yeah, the original right? plan, but then it fails. It fails because it's got nothing to do with them. No, it does. It does. But they didn't know it was going to fail. So... They're going to need to switch cars. And then you think, okay, right, fine. Imagine they say, oh, we better switch cars just to be safe. And they do that. And that's sort of fair enough. And then they've got this thing organised that if the police get involved, which again, they're not meant to get involved in any way, what's going to happen is they're going to switch cars at this garage. And at this garage, they have convinced every street racer in Miami, apparently, like there's like 50 people in this garage that... When every single cop in Miami surrounds the place and points guns at it, that about eight people are going to open the garage up and stand there because they haven't got a vehicle. At which point trucks are going to come out and ram the cop cars and some of them are going to go right over the top, injuring if not killing anybody inside. Mm. And then all the streetcars are going to drive out in a scramble and disappear off in all these directions. And they're going to do this, why? What part of this street racer culture means that you're willing for Brian the Bullet, who you barely don't even know, or if you do know, you might know he was an old cop, or that he's just a dickhead who gets money in these races or whatever, but the only person Brian seems to have a relationship with is Tej, and for some reason, Tej... Because also, the only way you could tell them that you're not going to get arrested and it on your record is to admit that you're an undercover cop, and that the whole thing is done by the cops Mm. so this whole thing here relies on everybody involved willing to drive cars at the I mean it's one thing to be driving a street race and then the police turn up and you all escape but it's just another one for you to go hey no we're going to deliberately wait in this garage for people we know are bringing the police to us for an almost guaranteed criminal record and no cut of the money promised to us why do they do it? 
because they're families. Part There's of, no reason. I don't think that's that far unusual. The whole point is that they're part of a collective culture uh, that is. Separate I know, but from I just police. can't see. So that's fine. They're all pointing guns at the fucking garage, though. Like, if you open that and then the cars start hitting your cars, they'll start shooting the people. Hmm. It's just stupid. It's ridiculous to think that these, well, not, not to put too fine a point on it, but white cops pointing guns at minorities doesn't tend to go well in America. Yeah. And you really think they're going to go, no, no, we're totally fine with this. I'm sure it won't result no, in a shootout. It's realistic, but it works, I think, within no. the scale of the film. I don't think there's any reason that the people who participate in the first race would do this for anybody involved in the caper. No, I think it's. I just think it's nonsense. It's the start of something that has gradually becomes like a superpower in the thing, which is the ability to get family together to help you with cars. That's what. <clears throat> that's what mm-hmm. I think it is, and I think that's like I don't think it's that unusual. Having a big old, it's a stunt movie. Having an excuse to have a big old car stunt is like what you want in your movie, especially since there's so much CGI cars in here. Yeah. Also, it's such a. Like, when the credits roll and there's these ter- terrible CGI cars racing and it's sort mm. of like, yeah. Oh, also, um, having just watched a competition about drift racing, um, it was really annoying to me that they couldn't have hired anybody who could actually do proper drift racing for the f- scenes because what they instead settled on was just doing lots and lots of jump cut to different camera angles to hide the fact that they're trying to do this in multiple things. Like... The race that they do to win the cars of the other possible criminals that were up for the job, mm-hmm. um, which is a race to drive along, spin around some barrels, and come back. Yeah, yeah. If you actually watch, they they drive straight, and then the camera changes, and then the car somehow is already halfway through its turn, and has already started turning at a much further back position that it reached. Yeah, yeah. Like it would literally have been impossible because they've had to. They they couldn't have just cut that so it looked at least consistently like it could have happened but no i'm just thinking if you're going to watch something like this for the cars and the actual stunts they should actually perform the stunts well exactly yeah that's why this period along with a few other later movies uh people were like eh they're not that big of fans of it because of that Mm. so yeah so i can say i don't i uh, i'm not a big fan of the first two movies either but we've got through them, and everyone tells me the third one is the best film. Third one you should really but, like. Well, apparently it's Initial D, so I will like it, apparently. But, and so, know, we'll give at it an a go. indeterminate time, because we don't know when these are going to work out, because I don't know when exactly when I might be seeing the next few movies, mm. we'll be back on this. And until then, <sighs> I don't know, keep, at, keep like, watching Initial Driving. D instead, because it's more fun. <laughs>